Hello, welcome to the Sharp Angles Podcast. I am Dan Pizzuta, joined here, as always, by Rich Rebar. Rich, here we go. You can't go, almost can't go a day, but it's been a week since we recorded, so definitely can't go a week uh, without uh, some major NFL news breaking as we uh, just sift through the never-ending uh, free agency. So how are we doing today? Good, man. Yeah, it's been a wild uh, off-season. You know, we, you know, you always hear like those things like in the today's age of shake and bake society, like, oh, this is the best ever, this is the craziest ever. But I cannot really remember this many star players being traded. We kind of talked a little bit before. It's not even just the free the free agency is in almost the wild aspect of it. Like we're getting like legitimate star player movement. Like we've got several trades, and that really hasn't happened. It's more like you see like something like this in like the NBA, right? In the off-season, but this is like the, the NFL has turned over a new leaf and we'll get into some of the weeds and like some of the process and that stuff, but uh, it's turned out to be, you know, chaotic and fun, but also good for us because we still get to create content around it. Yeah. It is. It's the crazy thing. Like we were talking somehow there have been like massive players moved and yet like free agency isn't remotely over. Like there are still some pretty big names that need to like be signed. There's still a, a Tyron Matthew. There's still, you know, you can say whether you know, Jadavian Clowney or, or so is, you know, uh, where you draw the line on where that's a big name or not. But like, there are still additions to be made in free agency that will like significantly help teams uh, in the upcoming season. And we're also still getting these trades. And not only like before we were getting some of these trades that were rumored and then happened like a Russell Wilson trade. We've been talking about a potential Russell Wilson trade for like a year. And then it happened. Uh, all of a sudden we're getting uh, at 7.30 PM Eastern, uh, Devontae Adams is getting traded. Uh, we're getting a, a contract talks have broken up with Tyreek Hill. Uh, 20 minutes later, there are now two finalists who already have trade offers in. And then like an hour later, uh, Tyreek Hill has been traded. So like some of these things now are happening just super fast and, and out of nowhere. So it, it's been a, a very interesting uh, off season from that standpoint. So let's, I guess, just dive into with the move that happened yesterday. And, and really you know, one of the, the bigger moves of the off season is Tyreek Hill. Uh, getting traded to the uh, the Miami Dolphins. And this is just, it, it was wild. And we kind of, so a lot of this kind of stems back to the Devontae Adams yep. trade, which we or talked DeAndre about. DeAndre Hopkins, the trickle last well. week. Yeah, and it <laughs> kind of goes back to the DeAndre Hopkins deal. So we talked about, and I probably talked too much about that Devontae Adams contract compared to the DeAndre Hopkins uh, contract wanting to hit that like 28 million number and whether that was, you know, real or not, but having that number out there, it matters a lot to these players and these agents. Um, and it, that's kind of what happened. I think with, with this Tyreek Hill deal, uh, because he wanted to match that number. The chiefs just straight up said, no, we're not giving you that number. Uh, with, back with Devonte Adams, like the Packers kind of said, sure, we will match that, but he wanted to go. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, the chiefs at this point just said, we're not going to give you that number. Like we might be around like the 2022, but if you're looking for, you know, 25, 28, uh, 30, uh, we're, we're not going to give you that. Go ahead and seek a trade. And so that's, that's kind of what happened. And I think if you look at the extension that Miami eventually did give Tyreek Hill, it's, uh, I think it was like reported four years, like 120, but a lot of that comes from like, there's a unguaranteed $45 million uh, final year uh, of that deal that brings the money like all the way up to like a $30 million per year and hits like over what Devontae Adams is. Uh, he's getting like around 25, like over the first three years of that extension. But that's, you know, it's again, significantly like resetting the wide receiver market off of a contract that a couple years ago, like was not really real. Like that DeAndre Hopkins contract uh, is not really, it's not, you know, $27 million, which is what the average is, but it's now had the impact on not only like two big wide receiver contracts that like reset the market, but it forced two wide receiver trades. Um, so now we're sitting here uh, and let's just now dive into you know, what this, what I mean, this if you're means. the Vikings, so, uh, you know, their new GM, 
uh, you you got to be like, damn it, like because Justin Jefferson is going to be coming off of this year into going to his final year of his rookie contract. Like, all right, <laughs> again, yeah, like this this has uh, this has a significant impact on on the wide receiver market now. Um, and like, uh, yeah, like you said, Justin uh, Jefferson, uh, DK Metcalf is going to be coming up. That entire class is going to be coming up. The AJ Browns, yeah. um, you know, uh, Debo, um, you know. Even like this is going to matter for Jamar Chase, even though he just had, you know, uh, uh, his rookie season, like all of these wide receivers. And I think this so we can maybe get into this as we start from like the Kansas City standpoint. This matters because there are a lot of good wide receivers coming into the league and we might like never see a bad wide receiver draft class again. Uh, You know, like we've kind of talked about this just because of, of how often how much wide receiver a lot of these uh, players are playing like through uh, in early year. Like we do we hear like the seven on seven, there's just more passing in college football also just as in the college game. Um, so like we're, we're seeing all of these wide receivers that are now going to be coming in. And you know, if you look at just from the Kansas city side, uh, they're looking, they now, you know, picked up a first round pick. They have the 29th and 30th picks. Uh, they can, like we said with the Packers, like you can, you know, double dip there. If you want to, you can double dip in, you know, the first round and the second round, you can have multiple players kind of go in and, and play the type of, uh, role or at least like spread that out and have, you know, I think we've seen like a, a Jamison Williams kind of makes too much sense. I'm not sure if he'll be there at 29, even with that, the ACL, but you just have, you can have useful players um, who are going to be able to fit in maybe like more than any other position right now, come in and immediately play. And like we've seen wide receiver, it used to be a position where, you know, the rookies, sometimes they struggled and like the stars uh, were able to kind of have an impact in year one. And now we're just kind of seeing you throw a wide receiver out there. He could be a, you know, maybe a day three guy and he can have some kind of impact uh, on day one, his rookie year. Um, and I think we're, we're kind of seeing the teams who are needing to figure out whether we're going to pay these wide receivers, you know, 28 or, or at least, you know, over the $22 million a year mark, or do we kind of retool and figure out we have this, just a group of, of wide receivers who are going to come from college and are going to immediately be able to play. And I think we're, we're seeing that dynamic, like really shift um, as teams are figuring out this, this top of the market at the wide receiver, because it's so drastically shifted, right? It went from $20 million a year to like 28 million. And, and it, that like, that's something that teams really need to recalibrate here. Well, the other thing, too, with both of these two players and Devontae Adams and Tyree Kill is when do you get off the bus, right? Like, yeah. it's, it's, and that's like, when do you draw the line on paying an elite wide receiver? Because both of these guys, we talk about like the AJ picks, like, uh, typically goes like an elite receiver can perform till he's around 32, is like kind of the, the point of no man's land. But also, this isn't their second contract, either player. So, like, what do you have to do? And you're, both teams are paying quarterbacks. I mean, is it a sustainable business model to sink $50 million into your quarterback and your lead wide receiver on your roster? Uh, and then you look at it from the Chiefs' stance, too. And we get, had kind of hinted on this last week, but we didn't get in the weeds because we didn't need to because we talked about it with the Seattle roster and how it, it progressively deteriorated. And the Chiefs, although, you know, Brett Beach had a really good draft class last year, I mean, this Chiefs team has been very star driven. They have not put a lot of depth on this roster. Um, and you look at it like last year, like when the stars are popping, like the end of that Bills game, right? The stars went and won that game. And then the Bengals game, when you take the stars out of the game, like you can't, this team can't do anything. Like and it's on both sides of the ball. I mean, Tyron Matthew, like says, floating now in free agency is him and Chris Jones on defense. Uh, you know, and offensively, this this offense has literally run through two players the past two years. They've gotten really no production out of the ancillary components of this offense outside of Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill. Um, so a lot of layers here into how we got here. Like if Tyree Kill is 25, are the Chiefs more willing to bump that up, right? Like there's a lot of different kind of like nuance that goes in here. Uh, Mahomes just got the contract since the, the last season. Uh, from a real football stance, it's a bummer though, because I don't think there are three players that were made to play together quite like Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, and Patrick Mahomes. The symmetry of those three players and what they brought 
to an NFL offense in conjunction with each other was just kind of like the perfect ingredients. Uh, and, you know, it's kind of a bummer to have that kind of removed because even with those three guys last year, we dealt with it for what a, a six week stretch of like, what's wrong with the chiefs Are the chiefs broken. Well, get ready for a whole bunch of conversation this year, uh, removing Tyree kill. And now you are going to run your offense through a 33 year old tight end. That's not no knock on Travis Kelsey in terms of like, he's deteriorated at age 33, but like, we're at the point where like if Travis Kelsey like sustained an injury or like fell off, like it would be not a blink in the eye. It's the NFL and he's not a quarterback. Yeah. So I think part of this is, and again, I like kind of jokingly said this as soon as, uh, as soon as the the trade happened, uh, but it kind of like makes a little bit of sense that, you know, teams were selling out so much to in that too high structure to stop the Chiefs from having any type of of deep passing uh, success, right? And you know, having Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes, that combination was a huge part of it. I like defenses aren't going to have to do that quite as much um, because that threat is not going to be there. So the Chiefs might have some more success in like a very galaxy brained way of being able to throw deep. Like if there is like a Marquez Valdez Scantling, it has been, you know, rumored as as someone who can come in um as a free agent signing and could play that deep role. I I think the 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 structure of the Chiefs is going to change in a Right. But it's going to change in a way that is also going to change the way defenses play them. So they're not going to be pressing as much to hit those, you know, deep passes uh, against, um, you know, a too high structure. I think they're going to be, you know, figuring out how they can win in the short and intermediate area. You're not going to have to, you know, force Tyreek Hill to play that role, which he did last year. And I think you like, we looked like we talked about it so much. Um, you know, his, his eight dot drops, like, uh, well, over two yards, um, you know, from like 2018, it was 1479 to 2019, uh, 12.85. It was around the same in 2020. And then in 2021, it was 10.36, right? So like we saw progressively, he was just, you know, getting these passes closer and closer to the line of scrimmage. Um, and that, that was a necessity for how defenses were playing against the chiefs. And that's just, that's not going to be the case anymore. So I think in a way that sort of opens up a little bit and you can kind of, you can see the chiefs thinking there, at least Um, we can have a speed guy. We don't necessarily have to, you know, run the offense through a deep threat. We can open that up. We now have Juju Smith Schuster who might, you know, be able to open the short and intermediate area uh, a little bit more. So I, I just think that there's more options there. I think it kind of opens up what the Chiefs can do uh, in a sense, right? And you can think, and it's not that like the Chiefs offense is going to be better without Tyreek Hill, but you kind of have to think about it in a way. The Chiefs offense might be better off with what they have right now, plus the $20 million in cap space that they just opened up. And right now, as we're sitting today, the Chiefs have the most cap space in the league, so they can still work around some of this. So with Juju, uh, uh, Travis Kelsey, uh, whoever we bring in at wide receiver, plus uh, two first-round draft picks, uh, some extra uh, draft picks in, in on the second day and some uh, on day three in next year, uh, does that make us potentially a better team in the long term as we're building around Patrick Mahomes, right? Because Patrick Mahomes is still like, what, 25 26. years old, yeah. 26. <laughs> so like this is still kind of a, like a long-term plan. So you don't want to saint yourself into... Yeah. Uh, into that that type of salary cap working when when you have someone who's 26, it like it worked for the Saints because Drew Brees was 95 years old and you needed to get um uh, you needed to build around his like final years. But I think if you're the Chiefs and like even with the Packers, right, like they were willing to match that uh, Devonte Adams contract because I think they figured like. We're, we only have a couple more years of Aaron Rodgers. If we really need to, we can like just throw it all in this last window. But for the Chiefs, like you, you don't need to do that. So I, I think in in a way, it, it does make sense for some long term roster building, and especially like you said, like this is a star driven roster. Uh, when you have Chris Jones is making a twenty nine million dollar cap hit this year, Orlando Brown is on sixteen million, and he's going to need uh, an extension. You have uh, a Frank Clark who's you know continuously uh, been restructured you have a joe thuny who uh, was signed last year at 
$22.15 million um, cap hit this year, but that jumps to a 22.1 uh, in 2023. So you have a lot of like ways you need to like be working away around a lot of these things that you already built in uh, for this roster. And if you can get a first round pick, multiple, you know, day two and a bunch of like other picks, plus that, that, um, the cap space there. Like, I, I think in the long term, this does help, um, you know, what, what Kansas mm-hmm. City is going to do. And you have this trust in a quarterback that it, the offense is going to be good no matter what, right? It, it's going to change. Absolutely. But you have Patrick Mahomes, so you don't necessarily need that star wide receiver and you kind of have enough trust in him that whatever you kind of put around him is going to work. Yeah, and we've seen in both instances that – both teams kind of, although they were willing to match when it came like foot to rubber, like they were genuinely more interested in spending that money elsewhere. Like you said, it just gives the Chiefs a lot more options. The Packers now can give Jed Alexander a huge contract, right? And uh, there's just different avenues that teams said, like, because both of these teams, we talked about the Devontae Adams splits and like how successful the Packers were in their small sample with Adam. And the Chiefs are the same boat. I mean, Tyreek Hill, uh, Mahomes has only played four non-week 17 games out of them, but they went three and one in those games. I mean, they're, it, it, this still is going to be a Patrick Mahomes-driven team and organization, and that's where they're kind of they're letting everyone know, like, our cart is here, uh, and it gives them the option to kind of build out some of this roster that is severely lacking outside of the stars. Like I said, the last year's draft class was good, but this is a team that still has a lot of, of depth concerns and a lot of depth issues, and everyone in the other division and now conference is, is gunning for them in the last two years and this year, uh, especially this off season. So, I mean, they're, they're going to have to definitely sort and shield this thing for at least short term. Um, but yeah, I think it does open up. I think the return was great for Tyree kill. I think what they got in return was, was awesome. They got more than the Packers got uh, for Devontae Adams. I know Kevin Cole had tweeted out like the wins above replacement, the, the value of what they got was worth more than Devontae Adams. Um, which I think is, you know, you needed it because you traded a guy in conference, uh, you know, and a, and a player that uh, is probably the most unique player uh, in the in the NFL at a position. You know, I kind of the comp Tyree Kill is like kind of like the the all around best version of like what Deshaun Jackson was, right? Like Deshaun Jackson is a guy if you look at like any quarterback he's played with over the course of his career, he's been that quarterback's best target. Like throwing to Deshaun Jackson has made that quarterback better. And that's like what Tyreek Hill has done. Now he's only, he's a small sample of quarterbacks because it's been Mahomes, like Alex Smith, and even like Matt Moore and like a little sample has been like, he's been just fine. Uh, and I think that in the flip side of this, you know, taking it to the Dolphins side, like he's a guy that, you know, the Dolphins are going to really find out what they have in Tua Tungabella this year. And, you know, Mike McDaniel is come over and brought like in all these assets. I joke that they're going to be like a fun Madden team. It's just all speed. They just got so much speed offensively. But remember too, the Dolphins also signed a fullback. This is still a Shanahanian tree system. So like, where does like the fallout here? You had talked about liking Cedric Wilson, like De- Devontae Parker. Where does he fit in on this roster now? Because this is a team that's going to have a fullback on the field like uh, almost always. So like on the dolphin side of this, they've got a couple pieces here. Like we might not be done seeing some movement here because I keep looking at a guy like Devonte Parker and like, where he, how does he fit on this roster right now? Yeah. I mean, I, I tweeted that out yesterday. I thought he would be a weird fit uh, regardless of, you know, whether they, they brought in, uh, you know, uh, obviously they brought in Tyree kill, but I still thought he, like he would be kind of like uh, everything about, uh, like the the Shanahan type of offense, and especially exactly like the, the the Mike McDaniel version, is like we're we're creating space uh, for these guys. And Devonte Parker is not really like a, a space guy. He's the he's like the contested catch guy, and um, you you don't necessarily need that uh, in this offense. So I thought like he could be a potential to be moved uh, before this, and now like he he absolutely like doesn't really fit. Like he's he's not super expensive. I think uh, if you trade him right now. The team taking him on uh, would be uh, it's like two years and, and 12 and a half million. It's under 12 and a half million. Uh, so I think that that makes sense for, for a team that needs that type of player. And that Miami certainly is not that team right now. So I think they could, you know, get, even if it's a, you know, a day three pick, you can potentially, but that's still like recouping some of what you lost for, for Tyree kill. Um, so I think that makes a lot of sense. I think Parker is probably going to get moved. It just, it makes a lot of sense, especially when you have, you know, a uh, Cedric Wilson um, there who can be that, that third option now. And, you know, 
you said like Miami's made all of these moves. I think it makes the offense like a lot of fun. You have like more speed than it's really ever been on a, uh, like a, a Kyle Shanahan, the type of, of offense. Um, so you can have those three receiver sets. And I think like a lot of people are, you know, talking about, you know, they never run 11 personnel, but the, the, 49ers did run 11 oh, yeah. now. Like we, we talked about it, but again, especially, especially last, last year, um, toward the end of the season. Again, that like was with, you know, Juwan Jennings, who's a much bigger, you know, um, a wide receiver. So it wasn't really like a, a, you know, a traditional 11 personnel where like all of those guys were very much like wide receivers, uh, and on the smaller side, which kind of all three of these guys would be. Uh, but again, like you can, you can figure out how to run in that way. Like, even if there are, you you know, some tight splits. Um, I think you, like you have a, 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 like a three by one set in 11 personnel. Um, I think the, the kind of fun thing is you can like all of those players can play every position there, right? You can have a trip side with, uh, like Tyree kill Jalen Waddle, uh, Cedric Wilson, and then Mike Gesicki is isolated on, uh, the other side, or like you can, you know, have uh, Gesicki in the slot and have either like T- Hill or Waddle uh, isolated, uh, on, on the, the solo side. And that's like, it, that just creates a lot of opportunity there. Uh, and I think they can still, you know, still mix in that fullback. And like, if you look at what, you know, if teams are going to start playing too high against the Dolphins to stop from that speed, uh, then you still have like the Shanahan run game. Yeah. Uh, that's actually going to kill uh, some teams. And like, and then you have, you know, a Raheem Mostert running and like the speed there and even, even Chase Edmonds. Um, there's so much of that there. And with the offensive line improvements, we haven't talked about, you know, Teron Armstead uh, coming in is, is huge uh, for that offensive line. And I think just just the line in general is going to be helped out by that scheme. But now you have, you know, Connor Williams is is fine. Like you brought him in, like an average guard at least, and that's you know significantly better than anything uh, the Dolphins had last year. And then you have Armstead next to him. That helps you know figure out what the rest of uh, that line is going to be at this point. So uh, I just there are a lot of options there, and I just think. Just, just so much of what Miami can do um, in 2022, and like looking forward to 2023. I think they 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 have put themselves in a position where like they can figure a lot of things out, and this is like really kind of setting themselves up for some long term success. Also, yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun uh, to to follow this, to follow the Dolphins next year. And like you said, Kaseki is almost the guy I was thinking was gonna be like the Juwan Jennings. Like, cause he's it, not like, you know, he's not very traditional. He's, he's plays outside. Uh, he was, he was a guy I was surprised they tagged because I didn't know yes, how he fit yep. either. I didn't know how he really fit into the scheme either, but there's clearly a plan. Uh, he's an above the rim player. Like you said, like both he and Parker, that's why both those guys were so good with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, yep. they, that's why they had their breakout. So um, I'm curious to see, like, I mean, Devonte Parker, if he goes somewhere, um, I think he'd be like, if he was to go to the Packers, he, he'd be probably fit really well there and be productive but uh yeah it's something to watch but a lot of fallout here and you know the Dolphins are a team to to definitely I mean because I think right now the way I'm looking at it is that even though the Patriots made the playoffs the Dolphins just have a lot better roster than the Patriots and it's gonna be hard for the Patriots I think to kind of roll over that year one Mac Jones success uh in that division because AFC is just jammed we've been talking about this this conference is it's just packed. Yeah, it is. And, and I think when like we can maybe like dive into the, the Dolphins a little more and, and what this means like going forward, because like you said, it kind of like this is a big year for Tua and like it is, but also like it doesn't need to be because the Dolphins can can figure it out. So I think they've you know insulated Tua to uh, a point where and like you said, kind of and the versatility. They have two firsts next year. Right. That's that's a big thing. So you have to, if that doesn't work out, you have Teddy Bridgewater. The best version of Teddy Bridgewater uh, is, you know, figuring out um, some of the, the short area uh, being able to win there. But also, like, he was leading the league in, like, the EPA and like deep throws uh, during his first stretch uh, in Denver last year. So like, he also has that in his arsenal. Uh, but if we, you know, we come back to two, we're talking about the versatility of like what Miami can be. It's, it can have that Shanahan, like you, we can, we can live off slants all day uh, if this offense needs to, but also like you can open it up downfield and like the, the 2021 version of the Dolphins offense was 
which is just absolutely unwatchable, right? It was it was all RPOs. A lot of that was you know trying to make up for the offensive line. A lot of that was was making up for Tua. Um, he only had you know uh, thirty deep passes last year. Seven point seven percent of his uh, pass attempts went uh, twenty or more yards uh, past the line of scrimmage. Only Daniel Jones uh, was lower than that among like full time starters. Uh, so that's not great. But when Tua did throw deep, uh, he was fifteen of thirty. So that's a fifty percent completion percentage, which uh, is pretty good. He led the league uh, in EPA per attempt on deep throws. So I don't think this is suddenly going to become some like Chiefs version of like a bombs away offense. But I think if those are open and again with it and we'll like go back to college, Tua was able to throw deep. And if you want to say like he had so much talent around him at wide receiver, well, like, what are we looking at with the Dolphins right now? You have Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. Like, it, there's going to be open places down the field. And I think Tua can hit that. But uh, again, like, even if Tua isn't the guy, it doesn't really matter for the Dolphins long term. Like, they're not going to be hitching their wagon uh, to this because, like you said, they still have uh, the 49ers first round pick from um, the Trey Lance trade last year. So they have the ability uh, to move there. So I think, like, the Dolphins are really set up to, you know, uh, multiple versions of this offense, and they have multiple versions to, you know, get out of whatever uh, they need from the quarterback position, whether it's in 2022, moving on to 2023. Uh, and like you said, like, even if there's a quarterback who potentially, you know, pops up uh, at some point, uh, someone else is uh, not happy with uh, their team. I, I don't know if we'll see that in the 2023 um off season, but like if we do, uh, the Dolphins with Waddle and Tyree Kill and two first round picks at their disposal, like they suddenly become a player there also. Um, so I just I, I think there's there's a lot um, uh, that that can really work out for the Dolphins. And like I said, like even the 2022 version, like if they I can like insulate Tua and like he just becomes you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, um, like that's that could be a potential playoff team with you know if the defense bounces back again like like it was you know playing in in the 2020 version of it um you know i think they kind of become a slightly dangerous team here yeah absolutely there were other other moves (laughs) that was the only one it's you know a lot of places had the emergency tyree kill podcast but man since we last podcasted we've had uh, a number of things happen Yeah, we've had, man, the, everything. They all kind of uh, blew together as I'm, you know, kind of going through writing up um, a whole bunch of stuff. So I, I guess we'll, no, we we didn't talk about the, like the other quarterbacks. We kind of, um, you know, there was, there was a lot of, of movement made. And so last week we kind of uh, talked about the potential Matt Ryan fallout. Um, and we said Indianapolis was probably going to be his best spot. I kind of joked, I want Chris Ballard to just, ride with the the twilight of old quarterbacks careers and i'm very excited for 2024 kirk cousins uh starting for the indianapolis colts um but here we go matt ryan like i so i'm kind of uh, towing the line here between uh someone who thinks matt ryan is uh very underrated and can still be good and also like we're forgetting how good 2020 philip rivers was and i'm kind of hearing a lot of like matt ryan can be better than that. And I'm not totally sure that's true just because 2020 right. Philip Rivers was very good. Um, so I, I just want to get that out of the way, but I think just it, this structure involved and we, we talked about it a little bit. Uh, this version of Matt Ryan can still, you know, throw deep. He's going to have probably one of the best offensive lines of his career, um, yeah, especially over the past couple seasons. Uh, a strong run game can run off that that play action. It, the Colts still have a lot of work to do, you know, building out the wide receiver uh, room. But I think that this makes them uh, a, a lot of fun and and more interesting. Uh, you know, it was the best of some bad options that they kind of had, right? They didn't have mm-hmm. an easy way out of this. So they they kind of, you know, uh, kind of lucked out by waiting as long as they did and whatever happened in Atlanta happened. Um, so they were the beneficiaries of that. Uh, but I think, you know, Matt Ryan and what the Colts could potentially be, I think is, is pretty interesting for 2022. Yeah. I think it's going to be, like you said, I think it'll be less than what we got from Philip Rivers and a lot better than what we got from Carson Wentz. I mean, <laughs> just looking at what, cause Matt Ryan was a better quarterback last year. He wasn't like an elite quarterback. He was still like middle of the road, like everything peripheral. But, like, he was better than Carson Wentz. And when you put into context that Matt Ryan played with one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL, 
his his lead receiver basically retired in the middle of the season. Uh, you know, he's you know Calvin Ridley's technically not retired, but you know he took time away for himself. Uh, they are running their offense through Cordell Patterson, who hadn't been used correctly in the NFL for basically eight years. Uh, and you know, and he was still like he still outproduced Carson Wentz, who had everything going for him in, in terms of like environment, right? Like. You had Jonathan Taylor just smashing. The offensive line was more banged up for the Colts last year than it had been in previous years. Like they did not operate at full capacity uh, last year, but you know everything was there for for Carson Wentz to to be good, and he did do some things that were well in Carson Wentz fashion. Like, but he still was just we talked about it at, at, at nauseum. Like he just still was a subpar quarterback and not the answer. So you get an upgrade on what Carson once was last year. Is that going to be enough? Now we've talked about so many AFC teams already. Like, is this going to vault the Colts? Probably not, but you know what the Colts do have in their favor versus all these other teams. They play in the right division. Like they, they, it's them and the Titans. The other two teams in the division are not going to be competing this year. So it's still just down. Maybe the Jaguars make a jump and are better. Um, but I'm not going to be there yet. Maybe I'm, gonna, I'm definitely need some coaxing to get there by the point. Like, we, cause I've seen a lot of people say like the, the Jaguars can be like this year's Bengals. Well, let's, let's hold on for a minute. Like that defense hasn't done really nearly anything to, to kind of get us back into that boat. But uh, yeah. So, I mean, they play in the right division. So at least, I mean, but all right, are, if you're the Colts, like, is this a thing where like you just continuously don't spend any money in free agency, you kick the can you're in wild card contention. Maybe you host a playoff game. Maybe you win a playoff game. Like you still have no Super Bowl like real aspirations, right? Like there's no. It's like I don't really know like what the like how the Colts fix this. It's literally they've just treaded water. And I feel like this is a situation that still is more or less them treading treading water. Yeah, it is. I mean, they're they're treading water in in a place where like they can you know, survive. And I think we're right. we're seeing some you know other. Uh, teams around the league trying to hit red water and they're not doing it quite as successfully, but yeah, you're right. And that's kind of like, if you have a hang up with like how Chris Ballard has done. And again, like he's been, you know, thrown some bad quarterback situations, um, right? Like it, Andrew Luck retires, um, you know, you have to uh, roll with the on like short notice what it was last year. And then you like, you bring in Philip rivers because again, it's kind of short notice. And then that he retires after just one year. Uh, the, the Carson Wentz thing was obviously like an unforced error that it it didn't need to happen. Uh, we kind of all thought it would potentially be a disaster when it happened, like, and it did, but like, if you, part of what I think that there's like risk averse to a fault, uh, at this point and like Carson Wentz was the big mm-hmm. swing they kind of took and that you know that failed but I think we kind of look at like they're continuously like the team in um in the offseason that like leads in in cap space they like enter every offseason uh leading in cap space uh and they just they, they they're not taking swings because they don't want to be wrong and I think that's that's I think part of the hang up and I think uh, to be a good team uh, and like a consistently good team uh, hitting with some of those other, um, you know, AFC teams, especially now, like you, you have to take a swing at some point and, you know, and maybe they will in, in 2023, if they want to jump in that quarterback market, because again, you're like, you're going to have to, at some point you can't keep you, as much as we joke, like you can't keep riding the 37 year old quarterback, um, uh, into, you know, a playoff contention. So uh, they're going to have to take a swing eventually, and they're going to have to like do some stuff this year. Future Cole like, Kirk Cousins. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, like they, they still need wide receivers um, because, you know, right now the room doesn't look much. Mm-hmm. I mean, Michael Pittman is, is better than what Matt Ryan was working with at the end of last season. But like outside of that, like there's, there's no one on the roster. Um, so, you know, maybe T.Y. Hilton does come back. But again, you know, T.Y. Hilton's at, at an age where he's, you know, only he's playing a very condensed, you know, T.Y. Hilton role. Um, so there's there's still a lot of work uh, to be done there. But um, it's again, like the the best of some some bad choices that that led them to this. It's about the best way they could get out of it. It's still kind of their fault. They were in this position to begin with. Um, but I think it, it makes them definitely better for, for 2022, but I think they still need to, you know, figure out what they're doing going forward because it's just like, they're, they're just in this, the same spot. Um, so we'll talk about uh, Tennessee for a little bit. They, they made a, a, you know, slightly minor move, but a six round pick for, for Robert Woods after, uh, you know, we, 
we kind of talked about the the fallout from Allen Robinson going to the Rams and Robert Woods getting traded was was that fallout. So I think you know for what Tennessee wants to do, I think like this works a lot. AJ Brown, Robert Woods is like kind of the the type of you know wide receiver duo you would build on this type of team. Obviously, like Robert Woods still going to be you know recovering from that ACL, but I think you have you know those those two bigger bodies like Robert Woods can win in that short intermediate area. That's like he's going to help that run game a lot. He's going to help the play action game a lot. So uh, I don't think I'm like completely sold on on the Tennessee offense, especially after like what we saw last year. But if you were kind of want to put like the ideal receiver um, as that like number two guy with AJ Brown. It's, it's probably what Robert Woods brings. Yeah. This is a token real good football move versus like what I'd be excited about, you know, in terms of like Robert Woods is definitely not going to statistically be the player that, that we had in the Rams offense, but uh, yeah, this totally fits what the, what the Titans want to do. One of the best run blocking, you know, wide receivers in the NFL uh, can, he can run the ball himself. Uh, obviously they can mix in a little bit of diversity there. The only question is, you know, how much damaged goods is Robert Woods at this point? You know, he's going to be 30 coming off of the ACL. Uh, it's not a high risk move for them. Just giving the six round pick and just paying the salary. I mean, this, the Julio Jones thing didn't work out for him last year. Uh, I mean, the Titans are going to have to get some, some youth in here along with AJ Brown. So you said AJ Brown's coming up too. It's time to, it's time to decide what you're going to do with AJ Brown because he's kind of been like the sports car, right? Like when he's on the field, he's, he's amazing, but he just hasn't been able to consistently stay on the field so far, uh, throughout his career, his early career. So they need to, you know, kind of get him on the field, make sure that he gets a full, they get a full season out of him because if AJ Brown is to go down and now you're just down to like Robert Woods, age 30, off an ACL carrying the offense again, like we had last year when it was forced to be Julio Jones. And then at times wasn't even Julio Jones. <laughs> you know, it was uh, Nick Westbrook, Ikeen. I mean, th- there's still a lot of depth that needs to be added to this offense. They've still got offensive line issues too. But again, they play in the right division. They have enough like good talent on this roster to definitely compete. And they're going to be one of the teams that compete with the Colts for this division. Um, so yeah, it's a nice little smiter move. And to me, it just, is, just makes me more excited about Allen Robinson. That, that, that's all I can get out of this is I'm just more excited about Allen Robinson. Yeah. And it certainly <laughs> opens up there. And I think like if, if you start the season, the, the Rams, the Cooper cup, uh, Allen Robinson probably start with Van Jefferson. You still have the, the Odell Beckham thing uh, hanging over. Like we, we kind of talked about all of that last week. And I think, you know, good wide receivers. I think like, I think the fun thing here is, sort of the fundamental shift for the Rams, right? Because we we kind of saw it last year a little bit with Stafford. They opened it up more, but now like with Robert Woods out of the equation, like you're you're not running the tight splits and and having like what we saw uh right. from Sean McVay in like the earliest years. Like this is an evolution of like we now have a quarterback. We can have a lot of uh you know the the elements that were in that earlier offense but now we have a quarterback we have good wide receivers like we can start slinging it and i think like that is a fundamental shift there and i it it's fun um it it worked out for them um so and i think like if we go back to the titans they're just like they are an interesting team because i think they are just so fragile everywhere like we kind of talk about you know the robert woods coming off in acl you kind of have to bet on a full recovery there with the aj brown thing like you said uh you know he's been you know on and off the field um you have you know brian Tannehill, who is you know one of those quarterbacks like really good when everything is going right when things start to go wrong a little bit like you can see the flaws in brian Tannehill, and this year brian Tannehill is uh has a uh 30 million cap number. So they, they could not move uh, from him uh, last year, but next year he drops you, I mean, still 36.6, but only 18.8 dead money. And they can open up uh, $17.8 million by moving on from him. Um, And do you have the, the whole Derek Henry thing? Like Derek Henry is great when he's on the field, when you're uh, running back, getting a billion carries a year, there's always the potential for that to go down. We just kind of saw like you chip away piece by piece on the Titans. And like when everything is on the field and everything's working great, like this is 
going to be a good team. Uh, but we've just seen like so much of it is fragile and, and how they're built. Um, and I think they're just kind of continuously going in that. So as much as Robert Woods fits, like it's still another thing where you kind of need to like really hope everything goes right in order for it to work out. And if it doesn't, like things could potentially go wrong for you know, the Titans quickly. And we might see them as a team next year needing to figure out do we pay AJ Brown $25 million a year? Or are we in a place where we need to start like getting assets and rebuilding everything? So I think the Titans are an interesting team to watch uh, as we go forward. Cause I think they could be in, in a situation we've seen for some of these other teams, um, you know, over the past year too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, do you have, do you have any thought on this, on the saints here? The saints, man. I mean, listen, I guess they're they're going to keep the Saints thing, right? We we talked earlier in the offseason. Mickey Loomis, baby, always and, money and, in the banana stand. Yeah, and I, I <laughs> and I I wrote about it when um when Sean Payton you know, stepped away, and it and they they had two you know, distinct options. We can either like set this up as like this is finally our time to to get out to you know kind of clean our hands, like we can you know rework uh, this cap, we can sell some players off for for the cap space. So we need we can start you know kind of the clean slate, or we can just they keep going and, and doing what we're doing. And I think well, Brady like, so- Brady coming back really bound them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, but uh, you look at what the, like the Saints did, and they are just. We're going to, you know, keep doing what we're doing. And, and eventually, especially with this older roster, like this is going to hurt them at at some point. Like we we say that every offseason, but so much of the strategy that they had, right, was building around Drew Brees and Sean Payton. And we saw the the faults in it last year without Drew Brees. And I think we're going to start seeing some of the faults in it without without Breeze and Peyton, because like that, that was the point of reworking all of these to, to keep the band together. Right. And um, like you, you bring in Jameis and I think that that's a good deal because he, he was playing well, but it was such a low volume thing. And mm-hmm. I think like when we're, a lot of people are talking about Jameis now about how good he was, like we kind of gloss over how run heavy that team was. And Winston was throwing like 20 passes a game maybe sometimes. Um, so it's super high efficiency, uh, but I'm not sure if like that's, uh, that's not a sustainable way to play. If you're going to ask uh, Winston to throw more often, is it going to be as efficient as it was, you know, over the first eight weeks, he was like, he was top 10 in EPA per dropback um, from weeks one to eight when he was playing last year. Uh, but again, it was, you know, 20 passes a game, like that, that was not a offense predicated on Jameis Winston passes. Um, but again, we'll get Michael Thomas back. We think right. As, as of this time, Maybe. Like, the, the relation, the relationship <laughs> with Michael Thomas is fine. He might be healthy. Um, you know, he also restructured his deal. One of the many. Uh, yeah, of course. So, um, like we'll see They're They're now t- really towing the line between like how much it's worth keeping the, the philosophy that they have going together because it's not the roster that's going to continue to push uh, to the playoffs. It's just, it, it's just not. So um, I think it is interesting of, of how they continue to build that roster. But um, again, at, at some point they are going to need to, to clean themselves of, of how they're, they're doing it. And uh, it, it might be coming soon because you have like some of these, uh, some of these big contracts that are, you know, going to be coming up. Like you, you have a, a Cam Jordan. Eventually, like you keep restructuring him, and then he retires, and there's there's no more restructuring after these guys retire, right? And you still have that with like a, a Malcolm Jenkins and some of that. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's a thing we say with the Saints every year, but um, eventually, like I think th- this is really the first year of what we'll see of how that philosophy goes without, you know, the two main components of it, which is why that philosophy was in place to begin with. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to watch because like, they're like the lesser version of the Colts, right? Like they, if it wasn't for the block, like if Brady would have stayed retired, I mean, this, this division is bad. 
<laughs> you know, especially now that the starting quarterbacks are Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, who were the first and second pick that year in the draft. And who knows what we're doing with the Panthers. We could kind of, I guess that's where we're headed next because we're running out of seats for Garoppolo and Baker. Uh, and then Brady coming back just really kind of hurt them. So, uh, yeah. yeah, because they're a team that probably like, yeah, the, the thing about the Saints is they're, they're probably better than a, a four win team, but they're not going to be like an 11 win team. And it's, you know, that's the definition of NFL purgatory. Yeah. And, and like you, you look at like their, their 2022 cap and it, it kind of looks fine because they're not significantly overpaying anybody, but you look at all the, the dead cap uh, is uh, crazy. Like if they were to move on from anybody. So Michael Thomas right now, uh, $13 million is the highest cap hit for, uh, for 2022. Do you want to know who is the second highest cap charge? I'm guessing it's a guy not on the team. It is uh, Miami Dolphins left tackle Teron Armstead, yes. <laughs> who accounts for uh, $12.9 million on the 2022 cap. Um, do you want to know who number three is? Uh, get me with it. I'm guessing it's also another guy not on the team. It is Drew Brees. <laughs> well, not Drew on the Brees, team for two years. <laughs> Drew Brees at $11.5 million. Um, uh, sorry, he is he is number four. Cam Jordan uh, okay. is three at uh, twelve point four, and Drew Brees is uh, four at eleven point five. So uh, again, like you're going to get through twenty twenty two with those dead cap hits. Like they they're going to um, they're going to disappear for for twenty twenty three. But right now, uh, the Saints are about almost $30 million over the 2023 cap. Uh, and you're going to have to, you know, restructure, you know, some of these. So if, you know, Cam Jordan uh, retires, right, he's about you know, $23 million in, in dead money uh, in 2023. So it's just, it's, it's a, a very, a very tight line uh, that, that the Saints are, are doing here and they're, they're going for it. Um, and we'll see. Maybe this turns into a wild card team, but you know, again, like this is a significantly worse team than even like at this time last year. So, I mean, those those were the big moves. Like, we it, who knows if we're gonna have like another uh, you know wide receiver trade come out of nowhere mm-hmm. um, or something else. I think I don't know what what are we waiting for now? Like a, a Baker trade? Yeah, we're waiting on a Baker does, trade. Does, you know, does last even, week does that move the needle? No, I just kind of wait and see where he goes. I mean, you know, wait and see if Garoppolo gets froze out. But last week we kind of talked about the Patriots. We talked about just a couple of teams and their lack of what they were doing. But uh, one thing we haven't talked a lot about is the Cowboys um, and the amount of talent they've lost from this roster uh, on a team that's definitely due defensive regression, especially in a turnover game. And they've done nothing. Like, it's just been all bad news for the Cowboys this offseason. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're a team that, ha- like, has – the work to restructure some things, but they kind of hit, hit a wall with what they could do with, with all of that. I mean, they, um, you know, when you have, uh, you know, don't want to harp on like yeah the, the running back contracts <laughs> as much, but like when that guy's getting paid almost $19 million on, on the cap and he's not great, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's, he's not one of the best backs in the league at, at this point. Um, yeah, that that seriously hampers. Has he restructured you know, his deal at all? Do. Um, I believe so. But because like can't. McCaffrey's done it twice, right? Yeah. Um, Zeke, I guess Zeke. Free, have they restructured Zeke at all? Uh, yeah, so I mean, this I is one of those things. Like, I never, I don't recall. Like, if they have, have like moved around any of that money with him. From what I can tell right now, they have not. Yeah, that's um, interesting. <laughs> yeah, probably because they don't want to be pushing uh, money in there. So um, he's $18.2 million cap hit in 2022. In 2023, um, that jumps, uh, that goes down to 16.7, uh, uh, 11.86 dead money, but opens up about 4.8 uh, in, in cap space if they move on from him next year. So that's you know probably why they don't want to do it. I think they want to you know keep that option open, but for 2022 without restructuring that, and that this is when the big cap hit was, like 2022 is his biggest cap hit uh, on that extension that was signed in, I think, 2019. Um, again, with, without moving any of that money because you want to be able to move on from him if that happens. Um, 
that really hamstrings you from what you can do in 22. And we've seen that, like they probably would have liked to keep Cedric Wilson, especially after trading Amari Cooper, like first of all, they traded Amari Cooper. Right. Um, and then you probably would have liked to you know, keep Cedric Wilson, but then Cedric Wilson is kind of out of your price range because he's wanted elsewhere. You can, you know, sign Michael Gallup on a bit of a discount because he's coming off that injury. Um, and you still have, you know, two good wide receivers, but you're getting a, a little worse on the Maybe. offensive line. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you're getting kind of worse on the offensive line. Uh, you're kind of mixing and matching in uh, on the defense there. And like you said, it's just like regression. We're going to see it. Uh, it's yeah, they're, they're a team that kind of, if you try to say like the, the cap isn't real or you can, you know, work around the cap, no matter what, like that's again, not necessarily true. Like the, the bill does come due. Uh, and I, we are seeing it uh, in Dallas and especially like from one really big uh, bad contract was the kind of the, well, it's been a real tough couple of weeks for the cap is not real people. Uh, yeah, it has. And as we see, like these, these markets and I, it's really interesting how like, man, just the, the, keep coming back to that DeAndre Hopkins number. Like it, it shifted everything uh, because I think if we're seeing these guys like only getting like 20 or $22 million, I think like both the Packers and the Chiefs do that. Uh, but once you're like pushing 20, like, even if that figure is, is fake, right? Like Tyreek Hill isn't really getting $30 million on that extension because of that last like year, that's $45 million, but like, that's still money that, uh, is, is on a deal that can potentially get paid. And like the dolphins either have to cut bait or like restructure and extend Tyreek Hill once that $45 million a year comes up. So uh, it's just, it, it puts teams in, in a tough position. It's real interesting because like we've seen places like over, we talked about with the JC Jackson deal, like the quarter market never got mm. um, like a reset, right? Like JC Jackson got a Byron Jones deal from two off seasons ago. So it's real interesting. The dynamic here between like a crazy outlier wide receiver number really completely changed that entire market and changed the landscape of, of wide receivers like across the league right now. Um, and then we're seeing that not happen at, at other positions. And it's really because of, all the, the DeAndre Hopkins extension after uh, you know he was traded for only a second round pick from Bill O'Brien. So um, Bill O'Brien is who we can thank for this. <laughs> it all traces back <laughs> to Bill O'Brien. Yeah, man, it's it's he's back, right? So. He's back with Patriots. Um, is, he? is he officially? I don't know. I thought he was coming back. I don't know. But I, I think wrong. I think it was was rumored. Uh, but hey. yeah, he's he's still with Alabama. So. Gotcha. All right. Yeah. So I mean, I, I knew that he was, he was lingering there. They're going out, they're going in without an offensive coordinator, which they've done in the past. Uh, they've done that before, before they had Bill O'Brien, it was no offensive coordinator. Joe judge offensive play caller. I'm very yeah. excited. <laughs> uh, so uh, on that note, uh, we'll end the pot here. We're, we're going to keep coming back uh, weekly. We're, we'll uh, start having some, some draft stuff here. I hopefully once, you know, free agency and trades slow down and we can focus on the draft. I like, there was enough uh, dead time one day this week that I wrote about Malik Willis. Um, and then it was, it was right back to free agency, like an hour after that. Uh, so we'll, uh, we'll have some more draft content uh, on the podcast, uh, on the site. There's so much stuff on the site. Uh, we just launched uh, Ryan McChrystal's big board. Um, it's his top 32 prospects going up with uh, his mock draft. We have Brandon Dot. Donahue's mock draft. Those are getting updated weekly um, and intermittently with, you know, when, draft picks change, which has happened like oh, every other day at this point. Um, you know, uh, Rich has been coming with uh, all his uh, draft stuff, writing up free agency, the fantasy fallouts of a lot of these big deals. Uh, I'm still writing about uh, all of these free agent moves also. So you can find that all on sharpfootballanalysis.com. You can find Rich on Twitter at Lord Reeves. You can find me on Twitter at Sam Pizzuta. Thank you guys for listening and we will talk to you again soon. I'm not going to